Mourning in the Routabush household is one part relay, one part scramble, and one part beat the clock. Trying to get children out of the door. If, <laughs> if you're running close, I can't take you. Maybe your brother can. If not, you'll have to ride the bus. I don't know what time the bus comes. There's various pieces to the morning puzzle. And, and one important part of our morning puzzle is, is the lunch prep. The lunch prep. And, and, and fruit is generally always, fruit is generally always on everyone's desired menu. We keep it stocked in, in the crisper, like many of you, and be it grapes or apples or blueberries or plums or nectarines. We try to keep it stocked. But sometimes we would rather have blueberries than grapes or whatever. And sometimes the fruit gets ignored in those dark corners of the crisper drawer. Yeah, it is sad. It is sad. Because what happens, what happens when fruit remains unattended? Yeah, you end up with a science project. It can get kind of gross. And, and, and so it, it gets a tad soft, a tad suspicious. And so when we go to the supermarket to purchase items and we purchase fruit, there, there's a process to the selection. Like I would assume you all have a similar process. I'm checking for firmness. I'm checking for color. And much of the time, most of the time, if, if something's questionable, it's obvious. It's... It's evident. <laughs> we, we can tell. You don't have to sound the supermarket alarm fruit check on aisle four. Well, in Galatians 5, Paul is, is checking for healthy fruit of a, of a different kind. And this morning we see in Galatians 5, verse 22, it, it's one of the most famous, well-known passages of Scripture. Fruits of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. If one belongs to Jesus, one's life will exhibit these marks of character. We, we get fruit comparisons. Why do we get fruit comparisons from Paul? Well, we see the presence of fruit throughout Scripture. The passage about fruit, even more well-known than that one, goes all the way back to the beginning. In Genesis 3, the Garden of Eden, you know the story. The serpent says to the woman, Has God really said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman, she replies, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. And the serpent says to the woman, you certainly will not die. For God knows that on that day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will become like God in that you will know good from evil. And the woman, she, she sees that the tree is good for food, and that it's a delight to the eyes, 
You know, she's doing a fruit check. I mean, it's nice and shiny and firm. It's a delight to the eyes, and the tree is desirable to make one wise. And so she takes some of its fruit and she eats. And before we get all worked up on Eve, <laughs> and, and there in, in verse 6 of Genesis 3, she, she eats the fruit, but she gives some to her husband who is with her. He wasn't toiling away in another part of the garden. He's right there with her. And he eats. And then the eyes, as we know, the eyes of both of them are opened. Well, in the New Testament, Paul refers to the resurrected Jesus. In, the, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, Paul says, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man's disobedience, death came. We just saw that with Adam and Eve. That's the case, but also by a man comes resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, but also in Christ all have the opportunity to be made alive. Whew. So, so when we think of fruit, we think of something that is the result of, of healthy, healthy growth. We're, we're given a picture of healthy growth in the very first psalm. In Psalm 1, verse 1, we read, Blessed is the person who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. This, this one who's blessed is really, he's minding the company that he's keeping. There's that. And his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And on the Lord's law... This blessed one meditates day and night. He's always thinking about God's, what God has told him. and He's watching the company that he keeps. So Psalm chapter 1, the first Psalm, verse 3, we read this. Since this is the case, he will be, this person will be like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, this blessed person prospers. Healthy fruit comes from a healthy tree or a healthy life. If one has a healthy life, one's going to bear healthy, healthy fruit. And these fruits of the Spirit, here in Galatians 5 these fruits will be an, an outflow, which, which happens organically. It happens naturally when one is spending time with the Lord and, and in the Word and, and in prayer. And, and Paul's list, we've just seen it, but, but there's love. And, and it's not just a feeling, it, it, but this implies action. And there's joy. Notice, notice Paul doesn't say happiness. He says joy. And this is a, a sense of this deep abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in one's life, even when there's not happy. This idea, even when we're not happy, when things don't go our way, we can still experience joy. Amen. <laughs>
That's a fruit of the Spirit. And then you have peace. Well, that's peace with God as well as one's fellow man. It's peace vertical. It's peace horizontal. And then Paul gives us three. Patience and kindness and goodness. Those three, we're seeing love in action. That, that first one listed, love. We're seeing love in action with patience and kindness and, and, and goodness. And then you've got faithfulness. And this is a, another goal. This is another ideal. Paul as he's been writing this letter to the Galatian church, there's been, there have been some in that church who've been wavering in their faith. So this idea of faithfulness, that's, that's a fruit of the Spirit. And, and then you've got gentleness. Well, meekness, that's strength under control. So gentleness is meekness and humility toward men, toward one another, but also toward God. You know, it's possible, this is a whole other sermon, but it's possible... To, to have a humble heart and to have humility one to another, but still have a hard grudge against God. Do you know that? That's possible. Or we think it's possible. And what happens, we may have a hard, a hard grudge against something that maybe we didn't get something or something didn't turn out the way we wanted or what have you, and so we have this hard feeling that's going to affect everything. We may not think it does, but it, but it really will impact everything. And then you have self-control. Self-control. This, this last fruit which is mentioned. This, this, listen to what I wrote here. Self-control. The conscious decision to choose fruitful character, which then directs and manages behavior. Okay. That's a lot of words to say simply this. As we told our children when they were two, and I'll tell them again at 22, and I'll tell myself at 52, stop and think before you do something. That's all that is. Stop and think. Self-control. Stop and think. Name of child, did you stop and think? Name of myself, Jake, look in the mirror. Did you stop and think? Stop and think. Again, these fruits, there's no law against them. Well, of course not. They're not illegal. What, what, what's Paul talking about? Well, throughout this letter, we, we've heard Paul continue to explain the difference between freedom in Christ, salvation in Christ, but also this pressure to fall back into trying to follow these rules and regulations. Really, I'm trying to make it about my effort. I want to brag on how good I am. and Well, the law really doesn't apply to these, and let me explain why. Paul refers to the law in regard to the reality that these fruits of the Spirit, they're postures of the heart. You know, when we, when we kneel before the Lord, that, that's, a, that's a statement about our posture. When you bow, when you kneel, that's a posture. And if you've bowed in your heart, maybe physically you're not able to come down here to the front and, and bow and kneel. I've had a knee, I've had a knee surgery. I cannot, I cannot get down on one knee. I can't do that. But my heart, I can, I can have a posture, a bowing posture in my heart. And, and, and what happens, these fruits of the Spirit are postures which the Mosaic law cannot manufacture. We, we, the law is a, part of, is a part of our faith walk. The law, as I've told you before, the law points to the reality of sin in our lives. 
We can't dismiss the law because if we dismiss the law, we dismiss Jesus. We can't do that. But the law cannot manufacture these fruits of the Spirit. Have any of y'all ever been in a snit with somebody? A snit is when you have a dust up. Maybe you're having trouble getting over that snit. And so you see, you see in the gospel the phrase, love one another. And so if you're honest, when you're feeling that snit, you're saying, love one another. I'm reading the words of the law there, right? But am I feeling it? No. The law can't manufacture these fruits of the Spirit. They can point to our need to trust in the one who can convert the heart and provide the fruit. I need to write that down. (laughs) But that's what happens. These these fruits of the Spirit, it's a natural outflow of of a communion, a fellowship with God. And Jesus said words about fellowship with God in John 15. Great, well-known. John 15, it's during the Last Supper, and Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me, he's telling his followers then, and he's telling his followers today, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear fruit. More fruit, and pruning can be a very painful process. Jesus says, remain in me and I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so that neither can you unless you remain in me. And Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We can strive and toil and we can preach and we can do this and blah, 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 provide all. But if we're not doing it, we're not abiding, we're not dwelling with the Lord and we've not asked the Lord to dwell and abide with us, then it's really all for naught. Jesus says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up. And they're gathered together and they're thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Our obedience, our fellowship, our fellowship, but our, how we follow, that's going to determine our fruit. Mm. Uh, abiding, dwelling with Jesus, belonging, these, those who belong to Jesus. And today we see these fruits. And last time we saw the opposites of these fruits. Last time we saw the deeds of the flesh. If you go up just three verses to verse 19, they, these impact self, they involve, they impact others. And I want you to see how these build in intensity. Sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the worst one of all, Things like these. Paul said in verse 19, how did he, how did he start it? He, he said, these deeds are evident. Fruit check. You can look and you can tell the fruit. 
In, in essence, <laughs> Paul is saying it's not, it's not really too hard to figure out what's right and what's not. Amen. It's, it's just not hard. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. And at the end of the day, we, we really, 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 we don't have to split hairs. We, we just know. And a lot of times when we want to split hairs about the fine print of Scripture, we're often looking for justification. Maybe you've done that. I know I have. Maybe you know, we're looking for a loophole. Scripture says this, but I really want to do that. We're not to practice the deeds of the flesh. We're to do something else with the flesh. Look at 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Those things which are unwarranted and unhealthy. If one belongs to Jesus, then Jesus is both Savior and Lord. And, and if you belong to Jesus, well, I want to share with you what that looks like. Mark, Mark 8, Jesus said, we saw this I think last time, Jesus says to his followers, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, which that's an instrument of death, he must take up his own and follow me. If you want to come after me, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. By the way, those are, those are commands. Those are, those are called imperatives. But a disciple is a learner. We use the word disciples every time we're in the building and some, and some, it's either in the sanctuary or Sunday school or what have you, but we see the word disciple. What's a disciple? Well, a disciple is a learner, a pupil. And a pupil, if you're a, if you're a good pupil, you're paying attention. <laughs> You've got to follow direction. So a pupil follows. And a disciple is one who follows alongside or follows after Jesus, follows close behind Jesus, and that disciple will belong to Jesus as a result. And if one belongs to Jesus, one's life will exhibit these fruits of the Spirit. It's a natural outflow. These are marks of character. I, I call them marks of kingdom character. And this is how a disciple is identified. Check the fruit. Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. Again, this following, that, that's, that's an intentional imperative. We're to follow. Paul says this, let's not become boastful. So he's addressed these good things, these fruits. He addressed the bad deeds of the flesh earlier. addresses the fruits. And then he says, let's not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. It's a warning. Boastful. What do we have to brag about? We're all the same without Jesus. You've heard the old phrase, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all sinners. Challenging one another. That Well, there's no need to strive against one another. We really need to be more concerned with striving against our own selves and our own behavior. Watching... My son run cross-country. He's trying to beat his previous personal best time. He's running against himself. He's striving against himself. When I sit down to play guitar and I'm practicing, I'm trying to be 
better than I was the day before. Challenging myself. Envying one another. Well, in the body of Christ, we, we can't all be an eyeball. We can't all be a, an elbow or a foot or a mouth. <laughs> we can't all be that. But we all have a place to serve one another. And yeah, amen. And if we're busy serving, then we really don't have time to be envious. And these behaviors which, which Paul, the ones which Paul warns, we're to, we're to kill them, we're to crucify them before they become evident. Boasting. Paul will say next chapter, Far be it for me to boast, far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus. And if we're going to boast, we should boast in what Jesus what Jesus has done, and, and rather than be tempted to challenge and envy, to be envious of one another, to challenge one another, Paul says rather than to do these things, we're to look to Jesus as our example. And I'll leave you with this. In the letter to the Philippians, the second chapter, Paul says, do, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in, in Christ Jesus, who, as Jesus already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. He had all the rights, has all the rights of being in heaven with his Father, but what did he do? He he emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in, a, in the likeness of men. We, we see that Jesus came to dwell. The, the Word became flesh. And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It's only because of, of Jesus and his obedient selflessness that we are able to be given the opportunity for salvation, to have a relationship with God restored, a relationship of peace, not of wrath. And it's from the salvation which we receive through Jesus' selfless death on that cross that we're able to experience these fruits of the Spirit. Colossians 1 tells us that Jesus, the firstborn of creation, and we, we saw in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus, the first fruits of the resurrection. Jesus is the one in whom we find love and joy and peace. Jesus is the, the one who can be the source of growth of the good fruit in our lives. If you and I will allow Him to be the Lord of our lives, if we allow Him to prune us, to shape us, to mold us for His glory.